Hello and welcome back to the Key Arsenal podcast. It is episode 33 today. I am joined by Madeline Dad as usual. I hope you're both doing well. Yes, thank you. Fantastic. Madeline is concentrating on the Arsenal women's game as we're recording, so she'll I'm sure she'll be very kind and let us know of any goal updates, but hopefully they should be ho pretty home and hosed already. Um, we are also joined by Carl. How are you doing, sir? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Good, good. Um, we've got plenty to, to discuss. It's been a while since the last episode. We've had the joy of the international break, which we normally dislike. Perhaps not so much this time, especially with Saka getting a getting a couple of assists and a goal on his birthday, which was nice to see. But the only thing we've had to had to really be happy about. But yeah, since the last episode, we've had a Man City game that we will be bypassing for no particular reason. Um, but yeah, we're going to be lo- looking ahead um, to our big, big six-pointer against Norwich at the weekend, as well as looking back at the transfer window. But we're going to start with uh, Mr. Edu, our um, whatever he is part of the club. I'm not entirely sure what the role actually is but he sat down quite soon after the transfer window had finished discussed the policies and sort of I suppose tried to justify why they'd done what they'd done um I'm going to start with you Carl quite simply was it something that Edu needed to do was it something that as fans we sort of are happy with the transparency or do you think it was just a sort of almost a PR stunt that we often see? It is a PR stunt but um, when you hear someone like Gary Neville going up there and he says I can't see what the policy is when we've signed five players between the ages of 20 and 23 and if he can't see the policy you think well if he's telling everyone that we can't see the policy then perhaps we need to sort of Ran that thinking home that all the players we bought are of a certain age. We are trying to build to a certain level of um, a certain age group so that we can grow that potential and possibly flock that potential. Um, so I kind of get why he done it. Um, I kind of understand. I, I do understand the policy. You know, you may you may disagree with the signings. You may or may not disagree. I, I actually. Um, I quite like the signings, but um, yeah, there's 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 some logic there to why he why he came out and and talked because his job's on the uh, on the line at the moment, pretty much. And let's be honest about it: going out, the the ones going out, that didn't go to plan quite such. And I think he made a big thing about that as well, and the reasons behind that as well. But uh, so I suppose he had to justify that as well. We weren't the only club who couldn't get rid of anyone. Yeah, interesting, actually. Um, I know Newcastle also did a similar thing, um, talking about their, well, for them, it was a lack of transfer business as opposed to any transfer business they had done. Uh, Villa also did something after they'd um, sold Grealish, which was a slightly different scenario, but similar sort of thing. So, obviously, not just us. But what what about you, Dad? Um, you in the same in agreement with Carl that it's a bit of a 
PR thing, or do you think it was generally something that Edu felt <coughs> he wanted? I, and I think that I'm with Carl. I think there's a, I think there is a problem, and I don't know whether it. We're not very good at communicating as a club. I, I'm with Carl. I, I, I'm not saying I 100% agree with what we've done, but I can see what we're doing. And if it's we're going to buy players and we let's call it 23 and under and we'll call it potential. And if we're honest, we don't know like we're going to win the league or to be in the Champions League for a few years. But if nothing else, we've got we're reducing our wage bill by buying younger, less established players. We've got players that if they come to a point and they go, we want to go and we can go and play for a Champions League team, I'm not going to be happy, but at least I'll see the policy because you might think you might make some money instead of buying people, paying them extortionate wages because they're established players and there's no resale value because they're yeah, I'm I'm not knocking Mr. Willie, I am, but we we got him on a free transfer. In fairness, if what I read is true and he's gone and ripped up his contract and said you don't have to pay me the two hundred and odd thousand quid a week, fair play to the bloke. But you know, we've probably paid him for twelve months of whatever that works out at something horrendous. And you know. We've got lucky. That's my honest opinion. We've got lucky if he's ripped his contract up. And that's probably the first time we got lucky with any of them for ages because there's a chunk of others you can't even give Kalasanach away. And well, I don't know what we pay him, but, you know. Yes, we'll, we'll come on to a couple of those those individuals later. And, yeah, you for you, Madeline, as well, um, how do you think Edu came across in the in the interview did you think he looked like a man that was sort of under pressure a bit i think if he wasn't under pressure he doesn't do the interview i think he felt like the interview was something he had to do to try and as carl said you know gary neville couldn't couldn't (laughs) see the idea um and maybe he was concerned that you know that the power that the media have that can you know, spread to Arsenal fans. And that would mean that, you know, maybe Arsenal fans then felt like they couldn't see it. And maybe Edu felt like if he lined it out and outlined what, what he was trying to do and what a club were trying to do, that would settle um, the fans. And obviously, I know, I don't think he's been able to take a blind turn to the fact that maybe some fans haven't, um, been impressed with what he's doing, um, but to be fair, I think for a number of years we've we've asked for transparency, and in fairness to him, whether you know for me it's partially a PR stunt, but he has given that transparency, and now it's about whether we can actually follow through on what he said rather than another repeat of be excited and I'm yet to feel excited so also there was the, the one thing he, he also did in this in this um, exercise it was and, and one of the other websites I think it was Ask Blog might have been Grove. Uh, they mentioned it wasn't an Arsenal.com cuddly interview 
it was an external source in the viewing in. So it wasn't just an easy, uh, an easy interview. They did they did ask him some awkward questions, and uh, I thought fair dues to him. He still comes across as a cool dude, doesn't he? You know, however whether you like him or not, whether you're in favour of him or not, he comes across well. I think, um, and he. He did, yeah, he did come across well and he, he, he gets his point across well. So fair dues to him. Yeah, and let's discuss um, some of those points. Uh, one that he sort of pointed out quite early was that he'd found the role a challenge. He said that he'd come into a club that him and some of the other senior members didn't like the squad. And he said that one of the reasons we bought well, we bought six players in the window was because he felt other teams had a core which we did not have. Um, is that, that a fair comment, Dad? Based on the sort of declining results and things? Do we have a core? Do we have a core? Well, did we have a core? Uh, did we have a core? I don't think we did have a core. You know, I go back. People can point of whatever stats they like about Odegaard. You know, you, you, the only bit we had last, towards the end of last season, when things were slightly better, was you'd say the core was Saka, Smith Rowe, Odegaard to an extent when he was fit enough. You, you need a bit of a core. I think it, it sounds silly, but if you, if you have a couple of older players and a core of younger players or a collection of younger players you, you've got a chance you know Cole's, Cole's sitting on the end of this and you know he, he'll he'll remember back when I'm going to call it Arsenal had an Irish core whether you call it a core or not you know you, you could name you, you could name a number of players of Irish descent and that was a core of an Arsenal team, wasn't it, Carl? Or yep. later on, you had a, a group of people, that group of players that came through together, you know, your Thomases, your Rogarsels. And I know it's not quite the same buying them all in, but you've got a group that are of a similar age, all trying to fight their way up. I think that does create a core. Now, whether they'll all... And you, you'd have to be lucky as a club if they all hit the mark and succeed. But I think you've got at least a, a fighting chance, whereas the road we were going down, yeah, I'm not, you know, it does annoy me. Players that weren't good enough for Chelsea or at the end of their career for Chelsea, and, and we think, oh, this is a good idea. I'm, I'm not saying that any of them weren't, weren't or not good players, but I don't... I don't see how you're going to build a team importing players that aren't good enough for Chelsea and expecting to compete with Chelsea. And I'm not saying we will, but how you expect to do that and create a team and a team bond around that, I am struggling with whatever we were doing because I don't see how you're ever going to do it. So so a year ago, I was just just writing down some names. So two, two seasons ago, at the back end of that season, if we'd have seen our core then, you'd have looked at Leno, Louise, Xhaka and Aubameyang. 
Now, yeah. a year ago, two of them had some pretty average form. Leno's had some average form, or Bamiang, possibly for reasons beyond his control, has also had some pretty average form, which may be um, uh, illness-related. Uh, however, two other players stood up in that in that last season, Tierney and, and Saka. Uh, Louise didn't like him or, or, or hate him. Didn't really float my boat, but you know he he would he would have been seen as a core player, and Jacka obviously as a core player, even though he, he splits opinion as well. And in that mix, we had Oregard and Emil Smith Rowe came through <laughs> of a younger age and made the team a lot better. With Tierney as well, obviously, a dude obviously broken through at that point as well. So that younger core had started to break through, and I think adding to that younger core is a very good idea. Because we can't afford, why, why keep on buying established players who don't really do it for us anyway? Never, never seem to have, even historically. You know, look yeah. back at Tony Woodcock and 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 players like that. You know, Paul Mariner to an extent, and Alan Ball. Alan Ball, even yeah, it's never quite worked for us. There are there are other ones that are established. You got Dennis Bergkamp, although we got him relatively young still, uh, and Ian Wright still got him relatively young. Um, but yeah, we we don't seem to. It doesn't match well for us. So I, I, I yeah, I admire the the, uh, the 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 logic behind where we're trying to go. Not saying I agree with everything, but that's the, that's that is the way to go. I think. Yeah, it's basically trying to create a young British as well core. With you, you mentioned Leno there. He looks like the replacement for him is going to be Ramsdale. He's obviously English. Uh, ben White bought in. Um, you've obviously got Saka and Smith Rowe now as well, who's clearly one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable member of the squad in terms of how the performance to, performances seem to be affected with and without him. And other than the British players, you've also got the young sort of leaders with the likes of Erdegaard, captain of Norway, Tierney, goodness knows how many Scotland caps already and obviously winning a lot and being a key part of a Celtic team um, but for you Madeline is there enough of that experience that the dad was talking about that maybe if it doesn't even fe- feature heavily in the actual team is there still a lack of that throughout throughout the squad and throughout the core? Yeah, I think, look, your young players can do a lot for you, but experience is something that you're, you're not going to get unless you burn those young players out, and we're in serious danger of doing that. Um, you know, but those we've got experienced players. We can't sit here and say we haven't. We just haven't. They just don't perform. You know, there, there should be weeks where, say, if you played a front three of Aubameyang, Lacazette and Pepe, you expect Pepe to step up, you expect Aubameyang to step up, you expect Lacazette to step up. But they don't seem to do that. And that's when you then end up having to fall back on Saka on Smith Rowe. I think, was it the... It might have even been... No, I can't remember what game it was, but 
I, there was a game and I thought, Pe- this is, you know, for Pepe, this should be a game that he steps up in and it kind of takes that pressure away from the likes of Saka and Smith-Rowe because you end up just at every point. If Saka's starting, you think, right, well, we're going to give the ball to him. If he's not starting, you're almost waiting for him to come on because you know nothing is almost going to happen without him on. Um, And I think there's that, you know, obviously Partey's been injured and hopefully we'll see a midfield of Partey and Lukonga and Lukonga will uh, get get a lot out of Partey's experience if he can stay fit. But, you know, Jack is an experienced member of your squad, yet he's the one that is, you know, most the one you feel is most likely to cost you. Gabrielle and Ben White, I know we haven't seen them together yet, but are two young players who are still developing. But, you know, it's when we've got to, you know, when when Pablo Mari is next to them in that defence, he's the more experienced person, but he's the one that's going to, you feel is going to let you down. Maybe the same with Holding, maybe the same with Chambers. And I think... There is those experienced players in the dressing room. They're just not good enough. And I think as much as I like what we did in the transfer window with those buying young players, we we have to buy some players for now. Because one, you know, I, I look at what maybe City did with Foden. And I know they've got a far superior squad at their depth, but they were able to ease him in and... You know, they, they picked and chose his games, Guardiola could, and we we can't do that and we're going to end up with a lot of players who are dead on their knees by midway through the season. Um, and then that's when you're then going to have to call on those more experienced players that we've already established aren't, aren't good enough to take us to the level we want to be at. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, that's the core, something else that was said, and I know Dad's a particular fan of this, is um, Edu asked about um, his targets and expectations for the season, said he didn't have any. Dad, you're, you're, you're a fan of that, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a bit, I'm not the world's greatest fan of... I've got no expectations. I've, I've got a view of, you know, if if you're going to say something, say, I want to improve on last year. Now, it, it doesn't matter if somebody says, what do you think eight's acceptable? And he's saying, no, I want to improve on eight. I'm, there's no point in sitting there saying, I'm, I'm you know, we want to, our aspiration is to be in the Champions League because we're so far off it. It's just not true. But I think saying I've got no aspirations, which prop, you know, it's probably true. But I think you need to say more than that. But sometimes. And again, you know, I don't know who did the interview. Maybe it's a, it's a language thing as well. But I just, I, I think you need to say more than that. 
Well, do you think it's true? Do you think he genuinely has no expectations or do you think he does have expectations but he doesn't want to say him in front of the media and put pressure yeah. on Arteta and the players? I, I think it's probably what you've just said. He doesn't want to put um, pressure on Arteta and the players. That's... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you think, Carl, but I I think that's probably not far yeah. off the truth. Yeah, more more than likely. I mean, you know, let's be honest about it. We've had six in six or seven years now of regression as a club. Uh, you know, the the, the latter years of Wenger, we we could see us diving off that, you know, running towards that cliff, and uh, yeah. and the back end of Emery. We went off that cliff. It looked like uh, we got a, you know, a rope up again with with Arteta, and it's it's gone backwards, which I'm not surprised by. When you you know you, you know, you, when you look at the picture, I'm not really surprised by. It, but um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised he didn't put any additional pressure on Arteta because Arteta is a man who's under enough as it stands. Do you not also think that that's probably changed? What Arte, Edu's done the interview while we're sat in 20th. The aspiration that you probably had at the beginning of the season, which can I point out, I don't care how far off it you think we are, should still be we're trying to get back in the Champions League. Um, I think that's too unrealistic. No, uh, but it should still uh, be your goal. Yeah, absolutely. What? It still should be your target. The same thing when we were finishing fourth every Surely year. then... Surely then winning the league is your target. Okay, well, it should be. At this point, we've decided we're going to settle for mediocrity. And we shouldn't be. I'm not sure any of us think we're going to win the league. I'm not saying your expectation has to be that you win the league. Your aspirations, your expectations are going to be different. You've still got to aspire to be the best. Yeah, Because otherwise, what the hell are you doing it for? My aspiration was to get into Europe. Yeah. yeah, and 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 Touchwood, fingers crossed, Champions League. Did did I think that aspiration was realistic to get in the Champions League? Probably not. Did I think it was realistic to get into Europe? Yes, I did. Please, not that poxy Conference League thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought it was possible. Tottenham are doing well in that, Carl. Well, they played Paco Rabanne. <laughs> <laughs> and lost and lost oh dear uh, was just it a... Ferreira Rocher they played it was Ferreira it was a combination I think it was Paco de Ferreira or something like that yeah, I'm sure it was a good way day, a good trip for the, if, well, if the fans would have been allowed it would have been a I'm good sure, trip I'm sure I was about to say I don't think they're allowed out there no they're not but uh, yeah apart from that it's it's just a yeah, so anyway, going back to the subject, yeah, I think I think Europe was the aspiration and fingers crossed Champions League. But realistically, I, 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 and I do still believe realistically, Europe is still an option for us. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if you had your aspirations or expectations at the start of the season, they should have really changed based on three games, no matter how poor they've been. Two against the best two teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, you mean uh, the team that are going to come first and the team that are going to come second, whichever order that is. Yeah, exactly. The financially doped teams. 
although we didn't put up a good fight, particularly in the second one of them against City. I, I think that's a good point, actually. The fact that even though we have spent the most money, we've spent it on the most players as well. And I think it works out at an average of £26 million per player, whereas for Man City, it was an average of £100 million per player because they only signed the one. And Chelsea, they've got Lukaku for 90 odds, and then Sal for... It's going to be forty million next year, so something that you you don't you don't hear the media putting that in perspective, do you? It's just because no, they've got an agenda, and they don't. It, it's like Arsenal is boo at the moment. Uh, they were. They, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going a bit off track. They were criticising uh, the Arsenal defence, like, uh, and, and last year I think it was was we third in defensively. Yeah. I think uh, it, it's all forgotten about already. All of that. We're three games in. We've had three stinkers, yeah, or, or two stinkers, say. And arguably, we've been a little bit unlucky because last year the first two games would have been cancelled anyway, it would have been postponed. But apparently, the rules have changed this year, but not for England under 21s, so I gather, because I only had two players with COVID and the game was cancelled. But hey, there you go. So they've changed the rules. We haven't played well against Brentford. The, the spirit was there against Chelsea to start with, but yeah, as soon as we lost letting go, we were stuffed. And obviously, we, we then um, had our silly season at City. But um, yeah, I, I don't, that was not last half of three games. Right, let's move on to a bit of transfer talk because Ooh. we've had the deadline. We did manage to scrape a right back right at the end. And I've, I've asked uh, Madeline and Dad about this before, Carl, so I'd like to get your opinion on it. Um, this Tommy Yasu guy that we've signed, I'll be honest, not very familiar with him at all, but was apparently on the radar right from the right from the off. So does that suggest to you that that's just very poor transfer dealings that we've literally waited till the last possible day to sign him? Or does that say that he was on the radar, but he wasn't the first choice and we've missed out on whoever the first choice was? Possibly. Um, it, it's possibly the latter, that uh, he wasn't our first choice. I, I, I really don't know. Um, I think they would like to have got a few um, sales in before they bought a player. I think that was one of the key things. And obviously the the, 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 the selling market just wasn't there. Um, I've still got some criticisms on that, but it, 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 you know we didn't sell anyone. If we'd have sold someone, maybe either this one or who, maybe someone else would have gone through a bit sooner. It didn't. Uh, by all accounts, he's a half-decent player. I, do, I don't know him, sorry. I don't know him at all. I, I, some people say he's a centre-half by trade, but he can play right-back. Some say he's a right-back and plays centre-half. Um, he's quite a, quite a tall lad for a right-back. He's over six foot, I believe. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, 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 also, it, it's the way it is. We needed someone in that position. We've got someone in that position. He's off the right. He's in that age group again. Um, and uh, I assume he's he's going to be a ball player. Otherwise, why would we why would we have picked him? And we need something because we've got left hand side Tierney and, and normally Saka uh, just just banging that side. We need something on the right hand side. So hopefully this guy can do it. And I'm, I'm probably I'm I'm probably in ninety percent agreement with you, Cole. I, I'm not I'm not sure if he was first choice. 
he might have been, he was on the radar, he was one of them. We're looking at him, we're looking at him, we're looking at him. We were hoping we'd have got rid of Bellerin and we'd have got 20 million in. Well, that didn't happen. And I don't, I don't think 20 million was realistic in the current situation because he was, he was, oh, PSG are interested in him. I don't think they really are. His agent Mark said PSG are interested in him. I don't think PSG really were. He was interested in PSG fashion. He might have been interested in it. You know, he might have been on Barcelona's watch list at one point if they could have offloaded a few, but they've got their own problems and couldn't afford to complete the signings of the players they'd signed because they couldn't afford to pay them. So I think the ever-diminishing list of possible destinations, that was a real problem. And if you'd have wanted to get rid of Cedric, he wasn't going anywhere. He was quite comfortable on his four-year contract. Too much and then, money. Yeah. And then, you know, what What else were you going to do? You you were then the only other person you could sell, if you could sell him, was Chambers. And he's not actually a right back. So you were... I'm sort of with you, Carl. I think you were. It, it was probably we've got to buy someone. We've got to buy someone, but, but we want to offload Bellerin first, and that happened at the last minute. And then this happened at the last minute. Um, interesting that all the rumours I've read where they were still interested in the young man at Brighton, um, but they weren't keen on him because they thought. He was a bit short and we'd be attacked. Corners, free kicks when he was defending. They didn't mention about he's like a pocket rocket and would get up and down the wing, but. It's not like they, we leave their biggest lump to our smallest player anyway from. Oh, no, no, no. So. But yeah, let's talk about the, the sales or lack of, because you've mentioned Bella in there, Dazu, we. We're trying to get rid of all summer, waited till the very last day. Um, Kalasinac and El Nene, we've seemingly oh. been trying to get rid of for years and years. Um, Ainsley, well, that's a very sticky situation that's not been helped by the club. And in all fairness, Ainsley probably hasn't helped it himself. And of course, Xhaka, who we look like we'd spent the first couple of months trying to get rid of just for all of a sudden not to get a good enough offer and then see, give, him a, give him a four-year contract, which the, the club never actually announced on any website or anything. They just slyly put it in the, in the programme of the first game because I imagine they knew how people would have reacted to that. So how is it that we, we can't even give some players away? If we're trying to give them away, there's a reason we're trying to give them away, and that means, therefore, no one else is going to want to pay their wages. If we don't want them, why is anyone else? I I don't think you're wrong, Madeline, but I think... I'm usually not. (laughs) There's there's elements to it. 
and and you know I'm I'm looking at my friend Carl here, and he and I have had this discussion in all the time I've known Carl around we are paying bang average if they're even that players far more than we ever should have done, and there was a time when I felt we weren't paying the the really good players enough. Um, I'm I'm sort of not sure about that at the moment, but you look and you go, I accept you got Kalasinac on a free. Do you really need to be paying him whatever we're paying him? I go back to Willian, you know, you offered the bloke a three-year contract at 220,000 quid a week or 200,000 quid a week. Admittedly, you got him on a free. But do you really need to pay someone that much money? You know, there, there must be something in there that says, I'll pay you a rate, I'll pay you a, a bit more on a number of first-team appearances in the season, I'll pay you a bit more that says, if we finish above this position, your contribution, whatever it is, there must be a better way of doing it than paying somebody an extortionate flat rate. And, you know, I... Klasenac, when he first joined, I thought, God, he looks quite good. And then didn't take long, he started going downhill because people sussed him out. And then you're left with a bloke earning £100,000 plus a week. Admittedly, we got him on a free transfer, but he's got a long enough contract and everyone's going, yeah, well, we'll take him off you, mate, but you've got to contribute to his wages because we're not paying him that. He also knows wherever he goes, when that Arsenal contract runs out, he's going to take a cut in his wages. So, why is he ever going to leave? On on a slightly brighter note, Arsenal women have just gone 1-0 up. Thank you for that, Madeline. You're welcome. Any more updates in the studio? I want to come back to your point, actually, Madeline, about um, no one wants to have our players. And in some regards, I agree with you. But then I look at um, Xhaka, who I think anyone could see that he suits Italian football to the T and would be very good in the Serie A. Um, El Nene had a very good season in with Besiktas a couple of years ago and lots of Turkish teams have been sort of sniffing around him. Um, Kalasanac, I do agree with you. I don't think anyone particularly wants him, especially after his performances for um, Schalke as well when he was out on loan. But there's a couple there that I'd argue, and obviously Ainsley as well, there did seem to be some interest in him. So is it just what Daz says about the wages being so high and ridiculous that people are just not willing to even negotiate with us to try and get them in? I mean, I I, I would, you know, obviously Roma evidently wanted Jacker, but they were trying to mug us off. And I think genuinely one of the reasons why they were going for a price that low was because... I think everyone's been able to see that Edu is simply quite incompetent when it comes to negotiation. You know, we we haven't got... I look at the way that Chelsea do things and the money they get for players 
that have played about three minutes in the Premier League and we can't and Edu hasn't got that and I don't know whether this is that's because it's obviously his first job and it's it's not going to be an easy job to come into as as your first one or your first one of no I don't actually know if it's his first one um but I think obviously I don't I don't know what went on in the Ainsley situation I really don't um Oh, and I don't think that's something we'll probably ever find out. Although we have got a documentary coming out, so maybe we'll oh, see the God. maybe we'll see the punch up. Um, I think both sides handled that wrong. Um, someone like El Nenny, we couldn't sell. No, one because he's not very good, and two because I don't think unless a really good price had come in. We could really afford to let him go. We haven't got the midfield squad depth to be able to say to someone like that, and I'm not saying he's any good. He's good in certain situations, and I don't want him to stunt the development of any young budding talent coming through the academy, of which we've got a few in mid in, in central midfield. Um, but... I just think that unless a really good price for Elneny came in, we weren't going to let him go. Kalasnach is down to wages. Um, and I think and also the fact when, he's utterly useless as well. Yes. But I think also when players have got a year left on their contract, as a lot of these players that we're talking about have, if you think you can do a year without them and you're not going to have to pay for them, and they're probably going to be more willing at that point to take a wage cut because they reach a point of, oh, I'm going to have to. If they think they can live for a year without them, they're going to live for a year without them and come back next year. The other one that we couldn't go over the line was the Nikesia one. And if I could give one piece of advice to Mr. Eddie, it would be get a new agent because personal terms... Palace weren't willing to pay what pay him, his agent, what he wanted each week. Mate, you need to go and play football. Um, and obviously, that's in a way out of the club's. Well, it's not in a way; it is out of the club's control. Um, but I think genuinely, we just haven't. Our squad isn't very good, so you know people will probably look and go, well, look how they're performing for this lot. Do we really want them? And I think the answer most of the time is no. I Many other ones that we didn't sell but have gone on a loan. Terrera, oh, we've, got, we've got about 18 players out on loan. Terrera and Guendozi are both, you know, try, oh, I have some sympathy with Edu here. You're trying to sell them for a price and they're both going, I don't want to go back to Arsenal. Or... In Gwendozi's case, it's Arteta oh, doesn't, doesn't want him. So you're, you're bargaining position for, we think he's worth 10 million, 12 million, 15 million, whatever we think somebody's worth. And they're going, yeah, but they don't want to play for you. So I don't know. 
Well, I think we've got uh, what we all agreed on and what Madeline said is we've got a load of bang average experienced oh. players and that's the problem. And we paid over for them in the first place. And this is where I've got a sympathy for Edu is we paid over for, for yeah. them in the first place in whatever way or fall. And I don't think, apart from William, I don't think he was involved in any of the other purchases of them type of players. I could be wrong, but... The only one is Mari, Mari, Mari. Mari and Cedric. Cedric. That was an Edu special. See, this is where the other fella comes in, old Raoul as well, you see, and that's where it all gets a little bit dodgy, who who bought what and where and who was was in control. So, yeah, I'm giving him more the benefit of the doubt than you are, Madeline, I suppose. You remember him as an invincible, I don't have that luxury. That's exactly, exactly the reason. Absolutely spot on. I loved him as a player, absolutely adored him as a player. And um, I'm I'm just hoping, I'm hoping this season goes well. I think you're right. We're reliant on the youngsters, including the ones we've bought. Uh, it would be nice for uh, Balogun to come through and score a few. Martin Elliott to start waking up and, and and playing a little bit better than he has done in the, in the in the first couple of games this season. This season, Ainsley, who I think has been treated appallingly by the club, for there there have been clear the air talks after Arsenal have turned down Everton's bid, which which was awful, by the way, a two-year bloody loan, they can sod off. Um, and I can I can get why Arsenal told them that as well, but they should have spoken to him because he's been out on his ear. We've, had, we've been desperate for a right-back. Oh, God, have we been desperate for a right-back. And he hasn't been played. And that's down to the bloke who he's had clear the air talks to with. And the fact that, uh, that Kolasinac... Is, is still playing. Sorry, I'm going to go on a little rant here. That's just beggar's belief. I know we 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 were going on about Mari and saying, well, you know, it's a bit iffy and all that. Well, playing Kalasnats at centre half, that was well dodgy. I I could have, you could have played, you could have played Tavares at left back and put Tierney in at centre yep. half. Much more sensible thing to do. Lots of more sensible things to do than put Kalasnats anywhere near that squad. Anywhere near the bench, stick him. I, I, I keep on saying, stick him on the reserves bench and just say to the youngsters, say, there's the bloke who's just thieving a living. That bloke next to him, Suarez, is also thieving a living. And that's what you'll be doing. You'll just be on the bench for the reserves for the rest of your life if it carries on like that. I hate, I, I just, it just disgusts me that you could be like that. But we put ourselves in that position. Yep. We got a couple of wrong-uns. And to be fair with him, it's, it's at the end of his contract he's, and, and all that. Like, you know, and he has had a few good games. That first game, he had Riyad Mahrez. He grabbed him, putting him in his pocket against Leicester. That's such a good game. And everything else since has been a letdown, pretty much, apart from the punch-up outside his uh, Range Rover with Ozil and uh, a couple of uh, would-be gangsters. Right I think, think you're fine, Carl. He did not put a foot wrong in that under against West Brom under 23s in the League Cup. So <laughs> I think that's harsh. <laughs> Poor old um, West Brom under 23s. I felt also, for a ago. Also on that, that Ainsley thing, as much as maybe the deal wasn't ideal, again, there could have could have done some negotiation, but I don't think anyone at Arsenal knows the meaning of that word. Apart from Arteta knows the word non-negotiable. Um, when it suits. When it suits him and who, whoever it suits. Um, they now, for me, have to start playing Ainsley. You don't stop a bloke leaving for the second year running to stick him on the bench. 
because that's what he did last year. Um, assuming assuming party's fit. Oh, that's disgusting, Viviana Miedema. Sorry, she's just got a hat trick. <laughs> and sat someone on their arse in the process. Sorry, man, is that, is that now 100 gold for Arsenal? That is 100 then? up for Viviana Miedemar. If, if we got Party and Lukongo uh, in midfield on, yes. on Saturday, which I kind of assume we have, that means the right-back's got to be Maitland-Niles. Well, or, or, or Suarez, and if it's Suarez, I'm just going to boo. And I'm not going to blue take the knee, I'm just going to boo him. For the whole match because he's just actually i won't do that obviously because he's wearing a red and white shirt but that's just ridiculous you, you just put maitland Niles in there he's either playing there or and at some point he may have to come in the midfield for party and they may have to bring on with chambers at right back um but maitland Niles got to be playing you've done you've gone that far oh we've had a we've had a, a clear the air talks well show it Playing, yeah. Paul is the, is our new right back come centre half who hasn't got a work permit going to play. I well, no, he hasn't got a work permit. I, I heard it. It's gonna. It was a couple of hours about ten o'clock this morning, and it still hasn't been resolved. And so. even if it is, he ain't he ain't trained with the club or anything particularly. He's been on. He's been straight away on international duty. So no, he, he's he, been joining the delights of China. Yeah, you know, he can go on the bench. He can if he's if he's if he's if he's fit and available, he can go on the bench. And after we score our fourth, <laughs> um, make the I'll take one. Party can come off the pitch. Make the nice and go into midfield. He can come on it right back. And everybody I've got, happy. I've got one more point before we properly get on to Norwich. One more question to ask. Um, don't know which one of you wants to take it, but Madeline mentioned about letting players go on a free. Um, another two players that that looks like it's going to happen to next year is Leno and Lacazette, um, both of which been good at times for us. Lacazette, you'd have to say, especially Leno had a good couple of seasons and not on ridiculous wages either. So what what's going on there? Why can we not get rid of them before we let them go on a free? Why can't we just bite the bullet and... I thought Leno had a two two years ago at the end of last season. Oh, so I, I thought think he's got two. I, oh, he's got two. I, yeah. I, I think he's got another he's got year. Okay. But I think I think he's going at the end of this season. Yeah, I I I I, I think because it just seems logical. But if he's not signed a contract now, we'll have to try and get rid of him. See if we can get some money for him. Lacazette, he goes with my best wishes because he's had a he's been in the worst one of the worst Arsenal teams I've seen in a, well since since '98 team since Wenger's years. Um, so he'll go with best wishes. He, he, he works well with the kids, it always seemed to me, with Saka and Emil Smith Rowe in particular. Um, and it, but then again, you could turn that around and say, you know, it must have been a godsend the window actually had the ball passed to him from 10 yards rather than 50 yards. So, um, yeah, it, it's we, we we should have ideally would have sold him this year, but we had the same problem with Eddie as well. I it was out of contract at the end of the season. At least we'll get some money for him because I think we do under the, the youth scheme things, don't we? Because we come through the youth, we get a, a few bob if he goes to an English club, don't we? I think, but I might be wrong on that even. So, yeah. The one we did give a contract to was Reese. And yeah, then sent him out on loan. Madeline, how, how was that getting that over the line? Was that good? 
What, getting Reese over the line? Yeah, I'm yes. assuming you had a big influence in that. Oh, I'm sure I did. No, oh, we've got a penalty. Um, I missed that. Um, I think, yeah, you know, he, again, a player that if he was at Chelsea, Chelsea would be getting a profit for. So oh. if he does leave at the end of the season, hopefully you can get something. Hopefully he has a really good season at Feyenoord, comes back to Arsenal and really kicks on. Because I think he, if we let him go, he'd turn into a Gnabry situation. Um, I think he, he's one that's just needed consistent game time. And Oh, what a penalty. Um, Is that Niedermeyer again? No, that was Kim Little. Right. right in the top corner. Um, yeah, I think that, that was important because, again, otherwise you lose him for free at the end of the season. And with academy players, any money you make is, is a profit. Um, but I, I think why and maybe even a loan for Eddie at Palace couldn't have been sorted out with him signing a contract extension there, I don't know. Um, he wouldn't. I I'm not sure. Would. Yeah, I don't know what the ins and outs of what went wrong with all of that deal was. Um, but yeah, we've fallen into something that we did a years ago. And I remember us doing a lot where players ran down their contracts and we'd sort of got out of the habit of it. And evidently we're now back in it. Um, and it's not, it's less than ideal because it's not like keeping hold of those players for this year is going to almost make up for that, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so, we'll see. We've still, right. got, we've still got a bloated squad. Yeah. Really. yeah. You know, it, it's full to the brim, isn't it? And there's, there's some... Oh, I, just, just going off subject again, sorry. Did anyone see the um, Papa John's match? Saw parts I saw, of it. Yeah, the high scene. I saw highlights. Charlie Patino. He was he's unbelievable. He's unreal. I, I just couldn't believe it. I was watching this kid who never looked like he was out doing anything that, but jogging, going away from players, and all they could do was pull him. There yeah. was never a nasty tackle, to be fair, to Swindon. There was never any nasty tackles, but they just kept on pulling him back and the referee let him get away with it, to be honest. But I'm just grateful they didn't didn't do him. But uh, he was I thought he was sensational. He's I, one I'm hoping will get his debut against Wimbledon in the Cup. It'd be nice um, to see him come on as a sub or, or yeah, start. Yeah, because uh, yeah, um, because that behind the clo- behind closed doors friendly against Brentford, obviously El Nenny got injured in it in about half an hour yeah. in, and Patino came on for him. And apparently he, I can't remember what the quote was, but they're very impressed with him. He's been training with the first team, so hopefully. The dead weight in there don't stunt his progression, but he is only 17, so... Indeed, you don't want to rush him too much. No. We've had that before with Wiltshire, yeah. so, uh, yeah. Sorry, Matt. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I was, yeah, it's a good point, that. Um, but so in, not... on topic of not rushing him, put, get, give him an England cap now because he is eligible to play for Spain, and that's not one you want to lose. As long as he plays for Arsenal, that's fine. He might go on loan for to Deportivo for the season, perhaps perhaps at January, because that's his dad's club, apparently, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, that'd be fun. No idea right. if you're in the top division at the moment. Right, Norwich at the weekend. 
that's an exciting one after the international break. Let's first ignore the fact that it's 19th versus 20th. Six-pointer. Let's, yeah. let's look at it from a, from a just getting rid of the context of it. What do we need? Do we need purely three points any way we can, or do we need a proper performance to sort of properly kick well not not even properly to kick start the season three points I'm, I'm with madeline it's three points and if you get a decent performance as well i want a good performance thank you carl i want to see a good performance i don't want I, I do want three points obviously but i'd like to see a little bit of grace and style i don't know if smith rose available because he was ill uh during the week yes. Ill, not yeah, COVID. Yeah, so uh, that would be nice yeah. if he's available. Someone, someone went to the under twenty ones the other night in the hope of seeing Smith Rowe. Oh dear! And someone didn't get to see Smith Rowe. Well, you saw John Jules and Balligan come on. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, if if he's available, great, good, because it. Pr- I think that would probably likely be the Pepe got to dropped. I guess they played Smith Rowe. Odegaard and Saka as the three behind, presumably at Bamiang. Um But we'll see. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I, I'd like to see us just move it, move up the gears now from gear zero to, you know, the two or th- second or third gear. We should be, we should, we, we really should, really in the greatest case, thing, have too much for Norwich, and I, I, we should have had too much for Brentford. We should have given Chelsea more of a game. So. Um, I'm holding. I'm. I'm, I'm holding me. Um, uh, I'll hold back a little bit, but I would. I would like to see a good performance. I'd like to see us get a few goals as well, because obviously the goal different. The goal scored saying naught in very nice. No. So, uh, two no. two parts of the team. I'll come to you on this, Madeline. Is the centre backs Ben mm-hmm. White and Gabriel both yeah. recovered from whatever it is they've each had. And uh, Lukonga and Party, Shaka out yeah. suspended for three games. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the midfield first. We're not massive fans of Granite Shaka, it'd be fair to say. This is the real opportunity for Lukonga, who was pretty harshly dropped against City, it must be said, to nail a first team place and to show oh, I'm I'm not here to just sit on the bench and come on every year I'm I'm here to make an instant impact yeah 100% I think I you say very harshly dropped I'm going to go as far and say wrongly dropped I mm. think I'm not saying he would have made us beat City but there was no one better in those opening games better at beating a press and we thought oh let's drop him another one of Mikel's tactical masterclasses um, but I think no, that it, it'll have legs. That's for that's for sure. I don't know how long Party will be able to last. But as you said, as Carl said, you've got Ainsley who can slot in there. Hopefully, if we could bring another right back on or something. Um, and the the two centre halves. I'll be honest. I don't actually usually get excited by centre half pairings. Um, mainly because I watch a lot of Arsenal. We haven't got many. Um, but I think. Gabrielle and Ben White should hopefully um, be a a decent pairing and one for a few more years. Um, I don't know if Gabrielle's English has improved over the summer. 
um, because I think that was probably maybe something that was letting him down a little bit last season. Um, and just that communication thing. Um, I'm presuming Ben White doesn't speak Portuguese. Um, but I think, you know, you go back to that, there's there's a spine that's stable. I could go on a rant about centre-halves. So I was going to go on earlier when Carl was talking about Kolasinac, about how you've got one of the best young centre-halves on loan in France while you're playing Kolasinac at centre-half against the Premier League champions. But we'll leave that one for another day. Um, no, I, th- I think, look, as you say, it's an opportunity for Lukonga. And he will have to put in a performance because we all know that Mikel Arteta is probably already chomping at the bit to get Granit Xhaka back in his starting eleven, But he has, in fact, got COVID. So he's actually not even in the country yet. Um, so, yeah, it's going to... And we have to... I know we're 20th, but it still has to be put into context that it's Norwich. And these are games that ultimately we should be winning, like we should have won the Brentford game. Um, but I think... as Yeah, I think you need a decent performance, a few goals and just get the confidence up because realistically it can't be that nice going into that training centre every day at the moment. It must be pretty down. Um, And, uh, you know, a Wilshire-esque goal against Norwich again would be great. So if anyone wants to provide one of them, that would be fantastic. And yeah, that's that's a good point. And for you, Dad, um, with perhaps Smith Rome probably being maybe the only proper absentee, other than Jacker as well, it's basically our the strongest possible team we can field. So does that give a confidence boost, or does that? I, I do think it gives a confidence boost. I think. I, I mean, the one thing you can't afford is to go a goal behind, and, I've, and that would be a problem because I'm not sure how patient everybody is. And I, I think team selection will be quite important at the weekend. Cole's right. He picks Cedric and he picks Kolasinac. Jesus, you know, the the bloke. I, I love Captain Black as a player, but you'd be questioning your judgment. And then, you know, you, you're already starting with some of the crowd on your back, aren't you, Carl? Yeah, the crowd don't like Kolasinac, the crowd don't particularly like Cedric. If you pick those two, you're, you're struggling and you leave Maitland-Niles out, you're really going to be pushing against it. I yeah. don't want to see anybody sacked. I want the guy to succeed and I get some of his principles and I get some of what he wants to do. I think sometimes he's confused and thinks El Nenny's, you know, only really the same as Gundogan at Man City or David Silva, and unfortunately he's not. So you have to be realistic. It will be interesting to see who he puts in goal as well. That's a good point, actually. I've forgotten about that. Streets are saying Ramsdale's expecting it to be him. That's what I've read. I'd, I'd seen that and I thought, oh, well, he's either got a big mouth for going like that. I, I, I quite like his big mouth because he had to go to Piers Morgan, obviously. But um, yeah, if, if, if he goes, well, if he's in goal, then 
well, Lano won't last, and he'll be wanting to leave in uh, January, won't he? Because he'll want the yeah. World Cup. Um, that'll be yeah. interesting. That'll be interesting well, I think, to see plays. I think starting Ramsdale would be a good start to Arteta getting some fans on side. Because everyone, I know that initially there was a bit of a, oh, I'm not sure about Ramsdale and the price that maybe we want to pay for him. But I think everyone's really, really warm to him. And I know, again, it was obviously only against West Brom's under 23s, but we built from the back a lot better. And I think people feel a lot more confident about Ramsdale in goal than, than Leno. And, yeah. and Tini had a good game for Scotland whenever it was Tuesday, didn't it? Did it? Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, Odegaard had a banging game against oh, Gibraltar as well. Gibraltar. <laughs> 12 like... key chances with yeah. no assists. It must have been like being at Arsenal still. Imagine, imagine if him and Saka had played against Gibraltar or Andorra together. They'd have had loads oh, of chances. Wow. I, I think I've I've often been quick to say to, to you all that it's not Arteta's players, some of them that he's had to play, but... Ramsdale's clearly his goalkeeper, yep. so not playing him really makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, especially because his two central midfield, dead central defenders, his yeah. two central midfielders. Yeah, yeah. If you look on the place, you could even argue, okay, Tian is not his left back, but hey, you know, you got to have gift horses and all that. He uh, gets right. a new contract though. Absolutely, and he's just done the right back where he said, no, no, you're staying, and let's have clear the air talks, and he's happy. So, again, it's all his now. Odegaard's going to be playing. That's his. Saka and Smith-Rowe through, through, the, through the use, if, if Smith-Rowe's available, they're on him. The only one that's not is the centre-forward, unless he plays Balogun, of course, which I don't think he will, of course. But, um, and yeah. you've got Pepe. Well, yeah, Pepe's not his, though, is it? Pepe's, Pepe's no. pre-him, um, and Pepe will play, presumably, if Smith-Rowe is ill. Um, so it's this is pretty much getting round to he's got no excuse now. This is all on him. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what it has to be at this point. I've yeah. said at the minute I'm going to give him till the Tottenham game, which is sort of late September to make my... Judgment. Mm. So, but we will see. We've got hope for a good start this weekend. Indeed. Get us up to the 17th or 18th, you know. Yeah. And then prepare yourself for a good kick in with Ashley Barnes, who only got a yellow card for a. Yeah, I just, just I don't, I don't go there. Near attempted murder. What we get red cards for and what others we have there. I don't even think anyone's had a yellow against us yet. Against Brentford, there was some pretty, not you know, they they weren't dirty, outrageous, but there was a couple that were yellow cards that weren't given. And against Chelsea, they could have done what they wanted. He was never going to do it. Same with City, with useless Atkinson, but that's that's part of the course. He should make a big thing of it, Arteta. No one likes us. We don't care. It's always the way. Should be doing it. <laughs> But yeah, that's almost going to cover it. That's going to cover our transfers and Norwich and whatnot. And Madeleine, you've been giving us some lovely updates throughout the evening. That's now finished, isn't it? 3 0. Uh, no, 4 0. 4 0, sorry. 7 0. We've got 29 seconds left. But, oh, right. you know, uh, so Miedemar has since gone off the pitch. So they're through to the group stages. And do you want to just talk to us about um, Sunday when we went to watch the, the ladies at the Emirates oh, against Chelsea? It fantastic, was fantastic, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was lovely. Well, I saw an Arsenal team win a game. I saw an Arsenal team score three goals. Um, played some really nice football. Got um, on the telly. Got on the telly. I, I did get on the telly. Um, I think they look almost rejuvenated under new manager Jonas. Um, I think under Montemuro it was getting a bit almost tired. Um and hopefully we've made a good start to the season, four and four. Let's not forget Chelsea obviously won the league last year. Uh, European runners up. That's runners up because we're the only team, English team, to have won the Champions League. Um, but hopefully we can win the league, have a good season, do something in the Champions League, and that should hopefully contribute to keeping Viv and uh, Williamson because I think. They both like to stay in the league, but two players of their ability need to start competing for a Champions League. So we shall see. Yeah. I I watched the game. Kim Little, just excellent what a player. And Medema and Beth Mead. Yes. Were brilliant. And I just thought Leah Williamson looked fantastic. And I just thought it was great between a lot of them. I just thought it was great to watch. It was a really good performance. If the men could play like that and press like that, the press was brilliant. Um, this is this is a good Chelsea team. I know it's their first game of the season. It's a really good Chelsea team. And, and we stood up to them and played really well. It was a really tight game, but there seems to be something there about them. And uh, great. McCabe, is it McCabe? Yeah, McCabe yeah. good as well. She was, she's just outraged. She's Stuart Pearson. She's got Stuart Pearson's legs and them, them, them thighs. Good grief. It's great. Right. Loved it. Yes. Yeah. I echo everything that you've just said. And I'd say my personal highlight was the sign I saw on Twitter. Arsenal Women's FC, the only team I can watch without crying. I thought that was very <laughs> fantastic. Very good without being overly rude. But yeah, that's... Go on, Carl. Final shout out. Just one shout out. Right. There's a, one of our lads out on loan who I, I, I've always liked because of his hashtag bottlers uh, um, quote from a few years back. Harry Clark, out of, he's got out of Ross County. Good on him. He was out of loan at Oldham last year. Apparently done really well. He went out to, to Ross County in the Premiership, Scottish Premiership. I mean, people can, can, can draw their own conclusions of the levels and all that. He's played against Rangers, scored a goal, played really well. Just been voted their player of the month already. He's only been there for three games. And I just think these kids, when they go out there, Ballard's doing the same as well. He's doing really well. And obviously the the, the, the boy in the Salaburin at uh, Marseille as well. It's nice to see that they're doing well. And, and these kids can come back. And if they don't make it at Arsenal, they're going to make a, uh, Well, certainly in Ballard's case, he's already making it in the Championship. And I would imagine that Harry Clark will easily make it at that level as well, because he must be not far off it if he's playing against the likes of Rangers. And Selwick, he's got Selwick this weekend. He's going to get sent off now that I've said all this, by the way. But yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, yeah, always nice. Also, you. on loan signings, we've actually been intelligent and um, put a recall in Aziz's loan at Portsmouth. Yes. So that when all of our centre mids go to the African Cup of Nations, mm. we might actually have someone to play there, which the only is problem good is from Arsenal. He, he's, he's Nigeria qualified. They'll probably call him up as well. <laughs> no, he made his 20s debut the other night. He can't convert now, I've decided. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's just about going to do it. Um, that's been really good. Good to talk about some transfers and nice to end on a good positive note there. Thank you, Madeline, for your, your Champions League updates as well. Oh, you're welcome. They're the get, only ones you'll be getting all season. Get her on, get her on Sky Sports. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining me. Um, enjoy the game that you're all going to at the weekend. I'm sadly not, but enjoy the game. That might, that might be a bonus come the end of it. It and may well be. We will be back next week to hopefully discuss a, a nice Arsenal win. That'd be, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? There you go. But yeah, thank you all for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye.